Welcome to Residential Real Estate, a podcast program presented by the Residential Real Estate Council. The Residential Real Estate Council, formerly known as the Council of Residential Specialists, is the leading education, membership, and networking organization for residential realtors with more than 33,000 of the top real estate professionals in the U.S. and overseas as members. It awards the CRS designation to experienced realtors who have completed advanced training and demonstrated outstanding professional achievement in residential real estate. Residential Real Estate Podcast offers interviews with advice from top agents and brokers about timely and relevant real estate topics. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find more information about membership, education, and designation on our website, CRS.com. I'm your host, Susan Swartz with RRC, and today we are talking with Christy Hairston, who is a CRS and an accomplished realtor with a passion for empowering others to excel. Christy is going to be presenting an RRC webinar, Business Planning, Preparing for the Best Year Ever, on January 29th at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. So, Christy, welcome. We're so happy you're a part of the program today. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. I'm looking forward to it. An interesting, interesting background. You're a gifted speaker and sought-after instructor. Your compassion for others, business savvy, and training skills have motivated and equipped thousands of realtors to set and realize their goals. And among your many professional honors, Christy, um, you were uh, selected as the 2017-2018 Educator of the Year by the Tennessee Association of Realtors. At the core, uh, Christy is a lifelong learner and goal setter. She has served on her state board, Tennessee Realtors, on the Forms Committee for four years, and she serves on her local board, Greater Nashville Realtors as the Secretary Treasurer. She is the Director of Productivity for two Keller Williams offices in Middle Tennessee. So, um, Christy, my first question is, can you tell us how you got interested in real estate? Well, it's an, you know, it's an interesting thing because when I originally got started in real estate, it was actually when I married my husband and we moved out of state and I was a former event planner and I wanted to kind of start a new career uh, in a new state in Georgia at the time. And one of the first jobs that I got was from a friend at church who said, hey, I own my own real estate company. Would you mind coming and helping out as our office manager? And that was my first introduction into real estate from event planning. And I remember being with agents and kind of understanding the back office of what it takes to make a real estate office work. And I only stayed there 12 months because we ended up moving back to uh, Nashville, Tennessee. But that is kind of where my desire to go ahead and get my license occurred. And that was about 10 years ago. Wow. Well, Let's jump in and talk a little bit about the topic that you're going to be talking about in your webinar. And I I guess one of my questions is, um, how do you really refine or get a focus on the 20% of activities uh, that you're going to be doing that will bring you more of what you want? 
So if you could tell us a little bit more about how realtors could um, do this and really what that means to their business. Yeah, I always find in business planning, you know, agents kind of want to start fresh uh, at the beginning of the year. And when you're talking about the 20% of um, effort, kind of like the Pareto principle, for me, I think it starts with looking back at what you did last year, you know. And so on the webinar, one of the things that we're going to discuss is first, let's take a look back at what went well, what we want to improve, and how can we build on that for this year, 2018. Then after we do that, we can say, okay, based on the things that went well and the things that we want to do more of, how do we figure out not just a to-do list, but a success list of things that we can actually focus on to give this 20% of effort to that's actually going to yield us 80% of the, 80% of the results. Um, and I think that's an important thing to look at because so many times um, as realtors, life is so busy. You know, we often live in uh, fire days. You know, it's like some inspection didn't go through and some deal just fell apart and somebody on the team just quit. And so we're always putting out fires, you know. But when you're talking about growing your business, you want to make sure that that's not where you're spending all of your effort and just putting out fires, you know, because at the end of the day, putting out fires isn't necessarily going to get you to your ultimate destination. Of course, you have to put out the fires, but what about the things that aren't fires at all, the important things that you've been wanting to do in your business and haven't gotten around to it yet? We're looking at highlighting what those top 20% of activities are so that we can make sure that after we put out the fire, we're still working on our top 20%. Yeah. question I had listening to this is that how do you really evaluate what went well? I mean, I think sometimes we might have a sense of it, but it sounds like a better way might be to have some uh, tools in place that can actually help you decide, you know, the activities that went well. What do you use to determine those type of activities that you felt were, you know, more worth your effort? Yeah, thanks for saying that. Um, I think a big part of it, knowing what worked well, means that we've got to be tracking a few things, you know. And it's funny how things like this build upon each other when you're running a business in real estate. We've got to track what the things that we're doing and what the return on those investments are. And I'm not talking about always being financial. Um, Sometimes it's just saying, okay, and the perfect example I give for this is when I talk to agents in class, or, you know, just talking with them in the office, they say, I say, hey, man, how's your, your lead generation going? How's your prospecting going? And they say, man, I'm getting so many leads from Facebook right now. It's, like, unbelievable. And I say, oh, that's fantastic. So how many, you know, are you getting? And they say, oh, a lot, okay? And this is normally, every, you know, the way things work. You know, realtors, as realtors, we'll start doing one thing, And then we're not tracking to see whether it was successful or not. And so it's hard to go back and say, okay, well, what went well? well? Because Mm -hmm. we haven't been tracking it all along. So definitely tracking is the best thing you can do to determine if something is going well or not. Absolutely. Um, Tell me a little bit about or a little bit more about what the Pareto principle is and how do you use it for goal setting? 
So when you're looking at it, a, a part of the Pareto principle is basically that 20% of the effort that you're giving toward activity should yield 80% of your results. And so if we were to f refine that, it's saying, okay, if I had not just a to-do list, but I had from my to-do list the top 20% of things that I could be doing today that's going to yield me 80% of the results, why don't I focus on those things? And you go back to that and you notice that one of those things as a realtor may be your prospecting, your marketing, um, your follow-up with clients, uh, things like that, that yield you your 80% of results to make sure that 90 days out from now, you've got a good pipeline filled with potential people who want to buy and sell real estate. To me, that so it's taking the principle of Pareto saying, okay, by 20% of my intense effort are going to yield me 80% of these results. Right, but then from there you say, what is the top twenty percent that yields me eighty percent of my results last year? And then you identify what those are. You say, you know what? Last year, some of my top twenty percent activities were uh, farming. This particular area, I've been farming for the past three years. One of the other things that uh, worked really well and is a part of my top twenty percent was when I called my sphere of influence uh, every ninety days. Um, or coffees, or whatever those things are that you've tracked, and you say, okay, i got to make sure I'm still doing those things. And in addition to that, as it relates to goal setting, I'm going to make sure that this year I double down on that top 20% that was working well, and I, I time block in my monthly calendar to figure out where those things fit in. You know, I'm not going to push them to the back burner. And sometimes, Susan, instead of agents doing that, they'll, you know, tinker with their website for 45 minutes, you know, every single day. And, you know, I, I think a website is fantastic, and I think it will help you get business at some point, depending on the type of website that it is. But at the end of the day, if you look back at your website and ask yourself the question, how much business did I actually get from my website? And so then should I be spending so many hours working on updating that instead of reaching out to my sphere or focusing on my follow-up. Yeah, well, that really, I think, pulls into the concept of really recognizing how you're working purpose, purposefully as opposed to just you're working, but it's inefficient. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think for me, it's you know you're working purposefully. It's, I think that starts with remembering uh, the end goal, remembering the end goal. And, I mean, I think that could be a principle just in real estate any, every day. You look at and you say, okay, what's the most, what's the top 20% of things that I can do today? They're going to help me yield 80% of my results today. And if you can keep that in focus, then the things you're working on are going to yield you some great results, even in that day or that week. The difference of that is coming in, not knowing what you're going to do today, getting caught up in water cooler conversations or, you know, just hanging out in the hallways at the office, catching up on everyone else's personal lives um, in the office. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I, I think we should in the culture of the offices that we have be friendly with one another. But the difference I'm saying is you know what you need to accomplish today. To me, that's working purposefully. For example, when I'm talking to agents, I say, hey, you know, what do you have going on tomorrow? 
and they say, oh, I don't know yet. You know, what do you want to do? And it's like, what do you mean you don't know? You know, tomorrow's like Friday. It's a work day for you. If you're a full-time realtor, you don't have any idea of things that you're going to do tomorrow to head towards your goal. And they say, you know, I'm just not into that whole goal-setting thing. I kind of just let the people come to me kind of thing. It's the opposite of that. It's saying, I know what I'm doing tomorrow, and the goals and things that I want to accomplish tomorrow are helping me with how I want to end my year, 2018. Yeah. You know what I think would be helpful is, you know, give me an example about how one goes about setting and measuring the goal or their goals. You know, what do you review? How do you refine? If you have seckles, you know, when do you need to, like, relook at them? You know, kind of walk me through the process. Sure. So, you know, one of the exercises we're going to do in the webinar uh, tomorrow is looking back at, you know, how much money uh, a realtor wants to make within a given year and then working our way back to figure out, okay, how many transactions is that per year for me to accomplish that goal? So that's one example of how you can go about setting a goal. You set a financial goal. But at the same time, you're measuring that goal based on the number of transactions it takes for you to accomplish the financial goal you set. So now, every month, all we're tracking is how we're doing with our transaction goal. We don't even have to look at our financial goal anymore because our financial goal is attached to our transaction goal, and that's something we can measure every month. Another example of that would be, okay, now that you know um, what that goal is for transactions, how does that change uh, the appointments that you need to go on within a month or uh, some of the growth opportunities you're going to do for yourself to enhance some skill you need in order to accomplish that goal? So it could be, hey, I'm also going to read a book about something I'm trying to get done this month as it relates to one, my transactional goal that I'm going to hit. So we'll go through that as one exercise tomorrow. Um, another one, I think, another example of how you go about setting and measuring goals is you say, okay, Christy, this year I'm going to pay for a third-party lead-generating website of some sort. I say, okay, fantastic. But what I want you to do is every time you get a lead-in from this, this third-party company, you're going to track how many deals you actually get. And not only that, how many calls did it take you to get the deal that you got and how much money did you spend on trying to do it? Um, so that's a way that you go back and at the end of the year, you can say, or at the end of a quarter, you could say, hey, okay, I've invested X amount of dollars. I've had X amount of leads. And from that, my return is X. And at that point, if you were planning to check and track that quarterly, you can make a decision at the end of that quarter that, hey, I need to change my course on this goal that I've set and put these efforts somewhere else. And that's when you would go back and put that Pareto principle back into uh, action. Now, you know, one of the things that struck me as you were talking is that I think one of the things that can make it challenging for a realtor to really understand how many transactions it takes till you cinch the deal is that Sometimes 
you might have the experience that you're working with a buyer that comes in and buys the first house that you show them or mm-hmm. you know you you know you kind of have some of these unusual experiences and then you also have you know the complete opposite where um you're taking perhaps a seller and they looked at you know 50 houses and they still haven't made a decision and i think um it makes me think that you also have to kind of evaluate where your leads are coming from because obviously the person that buys right away, maybe there are other factors like they came from another one of your clients or there might be other elements that might kind of, you know, skew the uh, results a little bit. I totally agree with that, Susan. And that's an important part of tracking because one of the things you may say is, okay, I got this lead come that came in. Number one, where did it come from? You know, was it a referral? Was it from a third party? You know, was it from a signed call? And what were the results of that lead? And if you're really tracking that over time, you might say, hey, from the bulk of the business I did this year, people who referred business to me typically closed in a shorter time frame or mm-hmm. were more open to me doing a buyer consult so that, that we didn't have to show as many houses because we already had a level of trust there because it was a referral. Um, and those are the kinds of things that you can uncover if you're tracking it. And then also I think something else that can be pulled from there um, when you're talking about reviewing your business plan is, you know, maybe you had three leads that came in from different places and you see that all of them looked at 50 houses. I would say one of the things you'd go back and put on your goal setting is let's work more with objection handlers. Let's work more with scripts to figure out if there's some part in our process that we can refine to lower the number of houses that we're showing. Um, Or it could be, hey, I need to work on a skill of asking more questions during, during the buyer consult so I can really nail down to the top five things that people want in the houses so we're not showing so many. So I think if you're tracking uh, things like that, then you it gives you a number of things as far as data that you can go back and continue to refine yourself as a professional realtor. Well, you know what I want to say is that you have brought out so many great points for to, about your upcoming webinar. And I want to remind our listeners that if they want to continue the conversation and learn more on this topic, that they can register for Christie's webinar, Business Planning, Preparing for the Best Year Ever, which is taking place on Monday, January 29th at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Residential Real Estate Council's website, which is www.crs.com. And I want to thank you, Christy, for being today's guest. You've really given us a lot to think about. Oh, thank you, Susan. I always enjoy our time together, and I hope that the listeners will join me on the webinar for more information. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing, too, that's, like, also great is that with an RRC webinar, you have access to the recording of the live webinar on demand, a PDF of the slides, and an audio MP3 file. So, that if you can't attend the webinar live, um, still register for it because then you can still gain the information when it's convenient. 
but one of the nice things about actually attending the live webinar is our listeners or participants have the opportunity to ask questions before and after. So if you're interested in registering and for information about other classes that RRC offers, please visit our website at crs.com. Thank you, and please follow us or subscribe to the Residential Real Estate Podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. Thank you again. Bye-bye.